Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today on a Thursday morning. Pretty tough week for the Minnesota Wild. 2-2 two and two on their homestand. 1-2 and two the past week, including a 4 nothing loss to the San Jose Sharks in, of course, XL Energy Center. Is the sky falling? Is it time to make changes? Well, I don't know if the sky is falling, but I do think it's getting to that point. Uh, Minnesota Wild now 17-14, and 14, two poo positions out of the uh, playoff picture. I don't know. Okay, yay, we might make a furious rally, as Judd Zilgad likes to say, <laughs> and get into the final two spots and lose in the first round again. You know, you don't want to come in all negative, all willy-nilly, and then scare all you away from, from listening to the show, thinking, oh, he's just bad-mouthing the team, this and that. We have some really, really nice players that I would love to keep here forever, like Mikhail Granlund. I mean, Parisi's here if you like it or not, and he's playing fantastic. Suter, his numbers are good, but there's a lot about this guy that I think deserves at least some questioning. I mean, (laughs) Mm, let's just say he's a bit of a dictator. Let's just say he is. And I think a lot of you out there kind of know that already. Some of you that don't, well, it's almost like, A, where have you been? B, I don't know, maybe you just don't follow the team super closely, or maybe you just don't know some of the inner workings of this uh, certain guy, Ryan Suter, a little bit too close to the owner, this and that, and I don't know, when you heard Michael Russo say confidants and how this guy got fired or whatever, Ryan Suter had to be one of those confidants, and the guy gets as many minutes as he wants, he gets the line mate he wants, or not line mate, but you get what I mean, defensive pairing that he wants, the guy has way too much power. And, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not this, you know, he's not a franchise-changing player. Obviously, he's a very valuable, valuable, valuable player. Uh, It's just I don't see him on the level of a Brent Burns or even Supon. He's that second tier, as good as he is, he's he's on the second tier. Beautiful numbers. Defensively, he's not been the same guy, of course, but that's to be expected when you have the type of strange injury that can demobilize you. That that talus bone can really do something to you. So, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> pretty much impossible to trade Suter or Parisi because they got like, what, seven years remaining at age 33, 34, which is, uh, to this day, I don't know, very exciting uh, contracts at the time. They should have been seven-year deals, maybe eight. Thirteen just shouldn't exist. It, it's strange. And unless you're signing Connor McDavid at age 22, Sidney Crosby at age 22, that's the only time he signed contracts like that. Neither one of these guys, and you signed two of them to that kind of a contract. So, kind of weird, kind of crazy. Thank God Parisi's on a renaissance, and I think he's actually pretty decent in the locker room, and he is leading the team in goals with 15. That's fantastic. Uh, so, we kind of are going to mostly, we're just going to look at kind of the state of the team more than the games, even though, of course, the games are reviewable, and we'll look at them a little bit, this and that. And, of course, the Calgary situation was quite a mess. Absolute disaster. Of course, the uh, bad blood that took place just a week ago and all that. Giordano getting suspended two games, and it figures the guy scores the flicking game-winning goal. And, of course, Mohail also give up a shorthander. Even more frustrating. That Calgary game just made you sick. After a 5-1 to one smashing, thrashing of the Florida Panthers, and, of course, thrashing the uh, 
Montreal Canadiens two days before. 12-2 to between those two games. 12-2, to and then you go 6-1 with Calgary-San Jose right after that. Smashing the Eastern Conference and getting thrashed in the West again. Just like we got thrashed by Edmonton 6-1. to And that 4 nothing loss to San Jose was just balls. The first period was good, and after that, things just kind of went down, down, down. And now, with the uh, situation involving Matt Dumba, a clean hit very early in the game, players challenging him, wanting to get in a fight, and then you get in a situation with that one where it looks like Matt Dumba is going to be out for an extended period of time, maybe just a week, maybe longer. A lot of people, some people believe, they're speculating this and that, that it could be a separated shoulder during the course of that fight when the guys were wrestling around as they do. Could have pulled the shoulder out of the socket there. That sucks. That's really bad. And then you get the weirdest, crappiest defensive pairings you've ever seen. I mean, Greg Pattern with Jonas Brodeen. Hmm. Jonas Brodeen on the power play. You know, it's like it sounds like a good idea on occasion to help Jonas Brodeen, but he, the more you watch <clears throat> and what you see and the lack of production, it's not serious stuff. That's just not going to work. Greg Pattern on the second pairing, though, with Brodeen, that's just like nothing there. As good as he is, uh, Sealer and Prosser, okay, whatever. <clears throat> if Matt Dumba were to miss an extended period of time, I would call up Belpedio. I would absolutely call up Louis Belpedio instead. I'll leave Pattern where he is, have Belpedio play with uh, Mr. Brodeen. I mean, you might as well. I mean, that's not the dumbest thing of all time, is it? Is it really that dumb of an idea? Is my hockey IQ 10? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you can go ahead and say that. We'll look at the Florida game very briefly. It was a lot of fun. It feels like a month ago, even though it was just three games ago. 5-1 to one thrashing of the Florida Panthers. 8th eighth, eighth place in the Atlantic Division. Minnesota only 17-14. and 14. Now 5th place in the Central and 10th place in the Western Conference. Pittsburgh also struggling. Uh, Nino Niederreiter continues to play well. Parisi continues to play well. Niederreiter a couple of goals in this game, which was really, really nice to see. And, of course, Dumba adding a point that he does every single game. Only his 10th assist, but, of course, it's always on that shot. Those tip-ins along the way. Suter over to Dumba, and Dumba with the release on that on that massive slap shot or dumb bomb or whatever you call it. And then Niederreiter with the rebound and deflection on those. you got to love what you see out of these games. I'm Niederreiter, three points in the game, two goals and an assist on the Parisi goal. You see some weird lines shaping up. You see some good lines here and there. I like the way the Wild played. <laughs> it's sad as this, you know, I, I I like the way the Wild played without Koivu, even though, of course, Koivu's value was very much noted. We all know this and that, and then Coil up on the second line. It worked. It worked. I mean, Coil was a plus three, Parisi plus four. Again, you're going against a team with terrible goaltending and a defense that's kind of lost it a bit, uh, lost its way. Need a writer four points, and of course, raising his trade value, which I think is becoming more and more of a thing of late, if you want my honest opinion. <clears throat> You got to see uh, the lineup change dramatically, though, when uh, Mr. Koivu came back into the Calgary game, as we'll quickly move on. Wonderful 5-1 to victory over Florida. I mean, I enjoyed it so much, but I mean, I'm more, more or less going over the team today <laughs> more so than the, the individual games because the, the long-term team situation is really starting to get to a point of, I there's no way Fenton is, there's no way Paul Fenton is going to just stay status quo, is he? There, there's no way. I love Bruce Boudreau. I wish he could be the coach forever. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's probably reality setting in. And this is not Bruce Boudreau's job that I'm questioning. It's, well, the way the team was constructed previously that I'm questioning. And, of course, it's time to make a move. General managers tend to make moves uh, when, when they take over a team after a previous general manager. There's a reason why the previous general manager is no longer there. Changes are going to come. It's just a matter of when. Uh, Jordan Greenway continuing to play very strong, getting his fifth goal. This guy's value continues to get better and better. His confidence is building. He's actually like delivering hits more than he was before. His playmaking skills are very much alive, and his shot is the real deal. Uh, a lot of people think Jordan Greenway is going to become a hell of a player in the next couple of years, and I agree. Sometimes it just takes a little while. Uh, Euler Tanek is taking longer than Jordan Greenway, and it's getting frustrating. Fourth line situation for uh, Mr. I just got to see Eulerich Tanak play somewhat on the fourth line, but mostly on the third still because things hadn't changed too much yet. Of course, yeah, Koivu had not returned yet, so this was not the game for that. Uh, the line staying the same. I thought the Wild played well in the game. They just couldn't finish, uh, and it was frustrating. And, of course, Calgary capitalized where they did. <sighs> David Riddich, this time you got to see him, and he only gave up two goals. Of course, getting shut out by Mike Smith. That felt really nice, didn't it? A couple, like about a week ago. Extremely frustrating. And in this one, 
David Riddich, really nice player, uh, obviously undrafted goaltender, and we all know how undrafted goalies can end up being something in this league. Rolison and Backstrom for our history. Very, very rich history for those two guys. Uh, backup or goalies who came in as backups that ended up becoming much better than that and surprising some people. And that's what David Riddich is doing for Calgary at the moment. We'll see how long he's the, he's, he's the goalie for the Calgary Flames. It could end up being Gillies at some point later on. <clears throat> But Calgary capitalizing on the moments that they, they got, their opportunities, and of course Giordano scoring, ending up being the game winner, just to rub it in our bleeping face. Not that he did it that way, it was more so just getting the win. <clears throat> and of course you're losing Mr. Dumba during the course of the game very, very early. Again, with what a lot of people believe is a separated shoulder, but they're not completely sure. It's all just speculation at this point. Uh, Dumba just only got to play five and a half minutes and, of course, exited after that. And again, that fight, the five-minute penalty, and off to the locker room he went, and you had five defensemen. And I mean, a situation against the Calgary Flames when their goaltending had been struggling, including David Riddich. Mike Smith had been terrible. Calgary, one of the best goal-scoring teams in the league. In fact, second in the league, pretty much, behind uh, Toronto right now. You keep Calgary to four goals in two games four goals in two games and you lose them both it's just like uh yeah what i mean that's freaking awful it's freaking awful and hmm. seriously you keep calgary to four goals in two games and you lose them both four goals in two games and you lose them both and it's just despicable uh we score one goal in two games against them one so yeah duh do the simple math there half a goal a game in two games against calgary whose goaltending has been mediocre for the most part, even though David Riddich is having a nice season. But uh, he had been struggling significantly. Mike Smith improving, woke up David Riddich, blah, 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 and there you go. Now they may have a bit of a platoon there if Mike Smith can continue to step up as well. <sighs> Sheesh. Mm. It just leaves you like you, you just want to cry. You just want to cry. What a, what a rough situation for Minnesota losing this one, but it is what it is. I mean, Calgary showed up and got the job done. It's just another one of those games where you just chalk up and we're just not as good as Calgary. And now we're just not as good as San Jose. And we're just not as good as Edmonton all of a sudden. Yeah, but Edmonton is supposed to be good. <laughs> they've, they've been underachieving. And of course, the roster isn't that balanced. That was a huge problem as well. Um, couldn't score on freaking Edmonton. Two freaking goals against Edmonton. Though, of course, you give up seven as well. So, huge problem there. The sugar high, the, the Hitchcock effect, whatever you want to call it for the Edmonton Oilers. Whatever it is, it's working. And they are a well-oiled machine. Ha, 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 ha. The 18th of December, nothing to laugh about, of course. For nothing, <clears throat> Minnesota had several chances, or at least some chances in that first period. And then things just kind of snowballed from there. Two quick goals from the Sharks. In the little, literally in the midway point in the game, Logan Couture and Joel Pavelski, the captain of the Sharks, getting the job done, and uh, away they went. Uh, you got to see the uh, Gothic Knight Eric Carlson out there getting the job done. Basically, what he looks like, either a pirate or a Gothic Knight. I'll go with Gothic Knight, <laughs> like uh, like the movie Willow or something. He could have been one of those uh, Nakmar soldiers or something. He would have looked good in that role, I think. General Kale? No, I'm kidding. Maybe not General Kale. He's probably not old enough for that guy. The general is a bit older than the other soldiers, but he could have been a lieutenant or something in that army. Or, uh, I don't know, what the hell, one of the uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves or something. He could have been the sheriff's cousin or something. Well, who cares? The Wild lost 4 nothing, and Martin Jones did what he had to do. Only 27, or, well, 26 stops. Minnesota scoring on zero of those opportunities. Logan Coulter with two goals in the game getting the job done. Thomas Hurdle, who usually doesn't get assists, able to uh, get two helpers in the game. Good for him. And the Sharks getting better and better. They're just, uh, well, they're in second place behind the Calgary Flames, and they'd be getting some home ice in the first round of the playoffs, so good for them in that Pacific Division anyway. Um, so San Jose moving up a bit, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with come playoffs, especially if Mr. Martin Jones is up to the task. That's going to be important. Uh, Devin Dubnik not very sharp in the game. Of course, the fourth goal was in. It was an empty netter, so it is what it is. But a crappy overall game, only facing 24 shots. Uh, a listless type of game. The wild defense in front of Dubnik not so good. Dubnik not the best you ever saw. And just a weird freaking lineup. Uh, Koivu's on the third line, which was, I guess, a lot of us were like, ha-ha, good. Koivu's on the third line. Koivu's centering the second line. And it just didn't work out. Just a lousy game. Uh, Yul Eric Tanak was right wing in the fourth line, which was kind of funny, being centered by Eric Fair. 
uh, Ericsson Exhaustum center, but it was mostly Eric Fair at the center position. Actually, no, it was Ericsson at the center. What am I talking about? Eric Fair had to move to the right wing because of the positioning and such. Obviously, Eric Fair's the only right shot out of that group with uh, Marcus Foligno there, also left winger. Luke Cunning remaining up with the pro club. Nobody sent down officially. Uh, Luke Cunning was kind of sent down for like a half second, basically, and brought back up, but obviously never left the Twin Cities, I believe. Uh, remaining on the third line now with uh, just a strange situation there. He was on a third line with Coyle, uh, excuse me, not Coyle, Koivu and Greenway. A weird lineup. Actually, Greenway had moved up. I'm losing my mind again. Uh, Greenway actually up to the top line with Stahl because they keep shuffling. And then you come back to this game and it's back to the, where, the way it was again. As Minnesota, we're going to play the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. <laughs> It's a weird situation, but you have Coyle back to the uh, the third line, act the third line center, and blah, 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 Brown. It's going to be all the same crap again, most likely. Cunning's going to remain on the club, though, which is okay. I'm, I'm happy to keep him up. Brown probably will be scratched, I'm guessing, because of Cunning in the lineup. So that's going to be an interesting combination there. Uh, I think, actually, Eck and Fair, I think that line is going to stay the same. But you got the uh, the uh, Stahl, Granlund, and Zucker line reunited, which is probably a good thing, even though they had some yucky moments. Koivu is going to return with Niederreiter and Mr. Parisi, of course. And then you got the third line, Coyle, Cunnan, and Greenway. So there, there it is there. Yeah, Greenway had been moving all over the place, second line, top line. He was up there with Stahl and Granlund, actually, believe it or not in the Sharks game, and it just, things just didn't go well for anybody out there, though uh, Greenway wasn't exactly bad in the game, he was, uh, he was even, so good for him, everyone else was down pretty much, except for the fourth line, who saw minimal minutes, as fourth lines often do, <sighs> what a mess, what an absolute mess, Pattern and Brodeen though, mm. Steeler and Prosser, I'd rather see Belpedio at least get in a game or two in, in this situation, if things continue to struggle, like the Wild struggle to score goals, it's not going to hurt to call up Belpedio for a couple games. Get get him a couple couple more uh, games of NHL action. Get a little more used to the to the game and all that. He was a senior in college last year, so it's not like he's 18 years old here. Uh, he's somebody I think that could uh, you know he's he's due for some nice time. He's played very well down there in the AHL. We'll talk about him a bit coming up in the second segment, but uh, I don't know. I would not be against Belpedio coming up. Of course, the right shot. Take your chances. I know Prosser deserves some ice time too. It just kind of is what it is. I don't know, because, I mean, Steeler and Pattern, they're not going to, you know, well, namely Pattern mostly, you're not going to really want Pattern to, <laughs> you're, you're not going to really want to scratch Pattern, so that's the problem. And, of course, Prosser's here because of, well, guys get injured and you have to reshuffle the uh, the pairings here and there, depending on who is injured. Obviously, a left shot gets injured. i got to think Carson Soucy, first guy called up out of Iowa in that situation. A mess of a game, though. Pardon me for stumbling around the lines because they have just, uh, boy, they've been changing like crazy again this past week and it's been an odd situation. But Koivu, back to the typical Parisi, need a writer line. Again, Greenway up there on the top line for one game. That was interesting, but didn't go so well, unfortunately, uh, with Stahl and Koivu. It wasn't the worst thing you ever saw, but I don't know. You just kind of kind of restore things the way they were and hopefully that can energize this club heading into the Pittsburgh uh, game tonight. But it's all just a matter of... Uh, what to do there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not against trading anybody on this roster right now. I'm really not, in, in, including Devin Dubnik, and I know all of you will be like, are you crazy? But if, if it comes to it, it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think, unfortunately. And that's not just coming up here bashing the team. It's just kind of coming up with an honest approach. You're stuck with the contracts of Suda Parisi, which is really difficult. Um, if Koivu would be willing to be traded to a contender, if he'd be willing to waive his no-trade clause, his no-move clause... And wind up going to like a Calgary uh, a, a, or Eastern Conference team, preferably a Pittsburgh. Maybe he could help out the Penguins. Maybe he could help out Tampa Bay, something like that. You would think Koivu would be at least open to the possibility of that. And, well, you know, <clears throat> have a chance to compete for a cup because I don't think this team is going to compete for a cup right now. There's just no indication that this team's ready to do anything like that. Uh, all of the good seasons we've had, we continue to lose in the first round. We can't get over, we couldn't get over anyway, the Blackhawks. And it's doubtful we're going to get over Nashville or Winnipeg anytime soon. I think Colorado would beat us in a series. As you remember, I ended the season last year with that kind of conversation. And clearly Colorado has taken that step up. They're a very, very tough matchup for Minnesota. And they're a tough matchup for anybody right now. Uh, they have the league's, just about the league's best player, Nathan McKinnon. I mean, he is a top tier superstar right now. 
for the Colorado Avalanche. And I hate saying that because I hate the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, the guy's in the 50-point range now already. It's not even Christmas, and he's got over 50 points already. So, obviously, <laughs> something's going really well for Nathan McKinnon and the, and the Colorado Avalanche. Their goaltending is meh. And, well, you're not going to trade Dubnik there. <laughs> and I don't think the Wild will trade Dubnik. It's a good contract. He's a good goalie. And, I don't know, it, it's a mess. It's tough. Maybe you can get a really good deal, or you go into the and you go into the off season, and gosh, it's really tough. There's going to be decent goaltenders available, this and that, or you might have Stalock paired with another guy. I I don't know. There's nothing wrong with Stalock getting more minutes. Have him maybe platoon with another guy, a David Riddich type out there that might be available. Uh, it's just kind of you're just kind of stuck in a situation here with Minnesota that we're just stuck in the middle. We're stuck in a rut. You can't get high draft picks because of where we are every year. And you can't get better because you can't get the high draft picks because the prospects are just okay. Some of them are better than others. I mean, Jordan Greenway's got a nice future, but is he franchise-changing type of guy? I don't know. Coyle and Niederreiter have platooned the last four bleeping years. Uh, Brodeen has platooned forever. And he, he's, a, he's good, but I don't know. He's just good. And what is the slogan on the wall heading into the locker room that Mr. Craig Leopold himself looked at? This is where Craig Leopold needs to wake up and uh, start, uh, well, listening to his own sermons here or start drinking his own medicine here. Good is not good enough, right? That's what the sign said heading into the locker room. That's what he said when he fired Chuck Fletcher. Craig, good is not good enough when it comes to this roster. Good is not good enough. You, you fired the general manager now. I don't think this is the coach's fault. I'm getting sick and tired of Suter dictating his minutes. 29 minutes for, for Ryan Suter. At age, what, 33, 34? With, with that whole talus bone situation, still, it, there's no way it's 100%. There's no way it's 100% because he turns. He doesn't skate backwards. He's, he's struggling. He's struggling defensively. He's not the same guy. He's a step slower, too. 29 minutes? Is that necessary? No, I don't think it is. Why is he dictating his minutes? That's idiotic. Ryan Suter should be at 23 minutes a game, 24 tops. 29. Come on, we, we've got to get out of this. It's got to stop. It's getting ridiculous. And, uh, well, it just kind of leaves you in a situation again where good is not good enough. And this is not going to make you better. It's time to step up and stand up to certain players, and the, regardless who the coach is, the general manager, and the owner. It's time to say, hey, you know, good is not good enough. And 17 and 14 is, well, not good enough. And it's not going to be good enough. So, changes that probably should be made. The crappiest part is, you know how Coyle's got a reasonable contract and he's the most tradable guy, but you're not sure how much you're going to get back. The crappiest part about trading Coyle is he's one of the few wingers on this club, thank you, Chuck Fletcher, that actually has a right shot. That's the annoying part. Zucker's left. Greenway's left. Niederreiter's left, but he plays right. Granlin's left, but he plays right. Hello? 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 Erickson X left. Cunnin's... <laughs> I think Cunnin's right. I'm confused with Cunnin sometimes. I think he's a left shot too, isn't he? Oh, no, no, he is a right shot. Thank God. God, that's like one guy on the roster. It's like you bounce around with who's who and who's what. Half the players we drafted again were left shots in the in the, <laughs> in the freaking draft, but I don't know. They're centers, so we'll just have to wait and see what goes with those. Those guys are probably three, four years away, like Jack McBain and stuff. Um, yeah, Granlin plays right, but he shoots left. I mean, you could go on and on. Stahl's a left shot, but he's obviously 100% center. Mofolino's a left shot. Fair's right shot, but he's fair. He's 32, and he's a fourth-line center. So, hello, Koivu, left. Parisi, left. You could go on all day. Uh, Parisi's played on the right side a couple times, but it doesn't fit naturally. You're not going to get the motion the way you want it. It's not the right situation. So, it's tough. Luckily, there are certain guys that are versatile. They can be like a switch shot, this kind of here and there, or they can uh, adjust nicely to the position. Uh, Granlin's obviously done a phenomenal job, but uh, others, it's a tough situation. So, <laughs> And defensemen, well, defensemen, it's pretty balanced, actually. We have quite a few right shots in the system now. Belpedio, uh, Pattern, obviously, was a signing. Duh. Uh, Prosser's right, but he's very mediocre. Um, Spurgeon's a right shot, blah, 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 blah. But um, that's the good part. At least in the system, it's a little more balanced. But on the roster, particularly the forwards now, it's still not balanced. And, well, changes need to be made one way or another. It's just ironic that the most tradable guy on the roster, due to contract and just the fact that the guy doesn't shoot the bleeping puck, which drives us crazy, despite the fact the skill and the talent is there, 
The guy doesn't shoot the bleeping puck. He just doesn't do it. And he's a right shot. He's one of the only ones. So that's a very valuable commodity. That's the frustrating part about trading Coil. Or, yeah, Coil. You better hope and pray to God you get a right shot in return. And, well, that's going to have to be what it is. Mike Madonna Award for this episode. I guess it's Nita Ryder. He played very well this past week. Not great, but particularly in the Florida game. He he stepped up. I mean, I, I, it's mostly for the Florida game. I mean, the rest of the way, there's not a whole lot of happy things you can say here. But just generally speaking, it's nice to see Nita Ryder stepping up a bit. It's about time, and, well, it'll raise his trade value. Expensive contract, this and that. <clears throat> versatile guy who can play on both right and left, so that's good. He's versatile as well. He's played on the right, and he's having to right now. Uh, on the Parisi line, he's another one who's a left shot, but he plays. he's playing on the right most of the time because of his versatility, thankfully. More versatile than Parisi, which is funny, but true. Um, <clears throat> changes have to be made, and again... I would like to see some higher draft picks. Look look what a fairly high draft pick got us with Matt Dumba. Pretty damn good player, right? A potential franchise defenseman, at least on the offensive side of the puck. And his defense has gotten better. He still has lapses. But even freaking Brent Burns still has lapses. And he's won freaking uh, Norris Trophy Awards because he's the best player as a defenseman, not the best defensive defenseman, where a lot of people have added. You probably should add a <laughs> have a new award called the best defensive defenseman rather than just pass out Norris trophies to guys that score 60 points, but their defense is below average. <laughs> Carlson and uh, Mr. Uh, Carlson and Mr. Brent Burns, guys like that, so now they're on the same team. and Well, they look, like a, they look like a pretty good hockey team, and they look like a couple steps ahead of us at the moment. <clears throat> I would be very uh, surprised if this team doesn't make some type of trade by, before the February deadline. With that, again, Mike McDonald Award, Nino Niederreiter, J- James Shepard Memorial. I don't know, man. Just the, the stupid activity in the Calgary game in general. <sighs> What's the point? And, and, and now, you, now you lose Dumba for X amount of time. Basically forced Dumba into that fight. I don't know, maybe it's like you wish. If, if, if it wasn't for these stupid codes at times... The hockey coach, like, he has to fight in this situation because he laid a hit on somebody. So now he has to fight the guy that's coming over to defend his teammate. And now we're sitting here wondering what, what's, what's next. So there it is. With that, we'll take a break, and we're going to preview only two games as we head into the Christmas break, as I like to call it. <laughs> Wild. Segment number two, going to preview a couple games. Pittsburgh Penguins and Dallas Stars. A couple of fourth place teams in their divisions and also ninth seeds apparently in the West and Eastern Conference. Minnesota 10th and Pittsburgh also, again, like I said, ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. So these are games, well, I mean, these are the kind of teams you need to beat if you're going to be a playoff team, I guess. But I don't know, do we even want the Wild to make the playoffs at this point? Because do you want a higher draft pick? Do you want another Matt Dumba maybe on the offensive side this time? Oh, hopefully. I mean, there's too many Cunnings, too many X. As good as Cunning is, I'm not sure if he's got any type of a, if he's really going to be the scorer that a lot of people thought he was as he headed into Wisconsin. Eric's an X. We're just not seeing it, even though he was a point a game in the AHL in a nine-game stint. So that's pretty good. I mean, as, you know, it's a slightly extended period to be a point a game, though. That, that's solid. Um, so, obviously, he can score at the AHL level, Eric's an X. And same with Cunning, who continued to get better. But what have we seen from Cunning so far? Well, he works hard. He's smart. Anything else? Anything else? No. So that kind of is what it is there. Pittsburgh Penguins, Minnesota heading to Pittsburgh tonight. Eastern Conference team. History of these clubs. Minnesota's had some wonderful games against the Penguins, and they've gotten uh, swatted by this team a couple times as well the past few years. Pittsburgh Penguins actually tied with the New York Islanders. They could be a division leader third place, yay, in the uh, (laughs) Metropolitan Division and only one point behind the Columbus Blue Jackets. So things very, very fluid there in the Metropolitan Division. Heck, five points behind the Washington Capitals, who kind of became an arch rival for them. Kind of, not really. I think Washington looked at Pittsburgh more of a rival than Pittsburgh looked at Washington as one until Washington finally going all the way and getting it done. Pittsburgh still in the upper echelon and goals scored. Uh, They've had to go with Casey DeSmith. Of course, uh, Matt Murray has had a cursed season. 
tell my fantasy team that as he's was cut twice from my team. <laughs> he has been cursed all season with injuries, and he has been freaking awful, as Mr. Boudreaux would say. Just freaking awful. Uh, almost four goals a game, six and five. He's not been available. Uh, Casey Day Smith, another one of those guys who is definitely not was definitely not high on people's radars, and he's been okay. Ten and six, winning record, two and a half goals a game. Couple of shoutouts for the Penguins. Don't be surprised if he's in there tonight. He's better than these other guys. I mean, Tristan Jerry, he's just kind of AHL level. And Matt Murray, well, I don't know. He's been freaking awful. Uh, he did get one shutout this year, but generally speaking, it's been an awful situation for Matt Murray and the Penguins. One of the reasons why the Penguins have struggled. And Casey DeSmith, he's he's all right. Casey DeSmith. Pittsburgh, three out of their last five, so they're getting better, including a 2-1 to win against the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals in Washington. Not bad. A 6-3 to loss in Chicago. Huh. Ouch. 5-3 to three win over Boston. That's not bad. Beating the Kings 4-3. to three. Okay, loss versus Anaheim. That's not too surprising either. As the Ducks very much back in position in the Western Conference again. They'd be on the road in the first round at this point, but still a dangerous team, without a doubt. Jake Genzel. Jake Genzel has really come on after struggling last season. He had that amazing playoff run two years ago. Helped them win the Stanley Cup. Them being the Penguins. Very quiet last year. Disappointing. This year, 29 points, though. He's stepped up nicely. For a team that's probably heading in the same direction as the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, sooner than later, I think the Penguins' uh, window is closing. I mean, they, they've got two Stanley Cups, and of course Crosby's got three, along with Malkin, as that was the early days. But this current group with Phil Kessel, of course, Jake Genzel, Chris Letang, who's been one of the great players, but he's missed several games over the last few years. But staying healthy this year, Jack Johnson, the former Los Angeles King veteran defenseman, he's filling in there too nicely in a lower pairing role. Uh, Matt Cullen has missed, has missed time, getting scratched here in their fourth line center, three goals, three assists. So Matt Cullen still hanging around again, returning to Pittsburgh, but doesn't look quite as magical as it had in the past. Justin Schultz has only played in four games, but he's had an assist in all four of those games. So good for him, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, it's a beatable team, I would hope, but they've been playing a little bit better of late. They're starting to kind of get back in the mix. Not that long ago, they were like a 10th, 11th seed. Now they're knocking on the door of the playoffs again, and it's not too surprising. Very talented team, beatable team, an average to slightly above average goalie in Casey DeSmith at this point. I would call him an average goalie, but good save percentage. Stops about 9.25% uh, so nine, well, there. .925, basically. He's been, he's been very solid. He's faced a lot of shots. The defense in front of him hasn't been the best. That's why, again, faced a ton of shots. So he's done a good job there. But again, two and a half goals a game. That's not bad. Not bad, but not great. A little bit better than Dubnik so far this year, believe it or not, because Dubnik's had some icky games despite a phenomenal start to the season. Phil Castle, again, one of those valuable, viable guys who's played all the way down on the third line and still finds a way to score at a very, 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 very high level, including getting several helpers. He's got 36 points on the year. Crosby's missed a couple games, but 38 points for him. Not quite on the Nathan McKinnon level right now. McKinnon, again, like 30-some games, low 30 games and like 53 points. That's just absolutely crazy. Like Mario Lemieux level right now for Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Crosby, not quite on Lemieux's status or Gretzky's status at this moment, but still hanging in there very strongly. Uh, plus nine on the year. Where <laughs> Evgeny Malkin is a, is a minus 14. So that says a lot. Obviously, Crosby. A bit more sound defensively, this and that. And, of course, his line definitely stepped up nicely. Uh, him him with Jake Genzel along the way. Uh, Patrick Hornquist, also another valuable player for the Penguins. Minnesota, well, I don't know what to say. I don't like the way the Wild are playing right now. No Dumba. I don't think I like our chances. It's not trying to be negative, but it doesn't look good. I, I, I think I like our chances versus the Stars right now versus this team. Uh, Minnesota usually doesn't play well in Pittsburgh, but occasionally we do. A lot of times when Pittsburgh comes here, the Wild play great. So I'll just kind of go with the yearly split with Pittsburgh. You lose in Pittsburgh, you win in Minnesota. Penguins win the game 4-2, to 4-2. Two, four to, four to two. I don't think the Wild scoring has been good right now. 4-2 to two win for Pittsburgh. Is it an empty netter? Is it not? Who cares? Uh, most likely got to score for Pittsburgh, I would have to say, is Crosby because it's just he always scores against the Wild when given the opportunity. And it's just obviously still a top two player in the league. Minnesota's most likely got to score. Let's go with Zach Parisi. I like Zach Parisi's chances against this team. He's had some good games against Pittsburgh in the past. 
Uh, so, and he's obviously the top goal scorer for Minnesota. Zach Breezy will score, but Minnesota loses 4-2. to two. Devin Dubnik will be a net because he's always going to be a net, and I don't understand if they've basically rele- relegated uh, Mr. Stalock to only playing in back-to-back situations, and that's stupid. I, I think Dubnik needs a, needs a break here and there. If he sat tonight, I wouldn't cry at all. Um, Stalock has been the better goalie of late. That doesn't mean he's the better goalie. He's been the better goalie of late which means Dubnik needs a mental break. Mental break, maybe a physical break too. And Stalock deserves ice time. It's ridiculous how little ice time he gets. How little time between the pipes anyway that he gets, Mr. Devin Dubnik. So let's move forward to Dallas Stars. Again, this is tonight, the 20th. Dallas Stars will play Minnesota Saturday the 22nd, and it's off to Christmas break. Minnesota doesn't play until Chicago, at Chicago, after Christmas, two days after Christmas on the 27th, a week from today. Pretty crazy. So, only two games again to review at this stage. There'll be three games to preview next week, apparently. Chicago, Winnipeg, and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we'll come back to that again. Minnesota playing against Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve. I'm going to pick the Wild to actually win a New Year's Eve game in that one. I like Wild's chances against Pittsburgh in that one. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a backward split where Minnesota actually wins on the road but loses at home. Who knows? But Minnesota will be hosting the Dallas Stars on the 22nd. That's going to be a win. <clears throat> I just feel good about that one, and I think the Wild have their little rebound game. It'll be recovering after a three-game losing streak. Through 2-1 to one to Calgary, 4-0 to San Jose. I think they give up four again tonight versus the Penguins. Maybe it's an empty netter, but it's still four goals because, hey, the Sharks' fourth goal is an empty netter, too. Um, Dallas Stars game, though. I, I like Minnesota's chances against Dallas. They're They're okay. Some people just love this team and others don't. Ben Bishop's having a bit of a rebound year, though, after a couple of pretty yucky years. He wasn't so good with Tampa a couple of years back, came to Dallas. He was with uh, excuse me, the Los Angeles Kings for a short time there when Jonathan Quick was recovering from another injury. Poor guy. Uh, 2.35 goals against average, though. Six in the league now are the Dallas Stars in uh, protecting the net. That's good, but only 23rd in goals. A very top-heavy team. That, that's the Dallas Stars the last couple of years. Very, very top-heavy. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, of course, leading the way, but even they're not having great seasons. Sagan does have 21 assists, though, so he's a little under a point a game, but not at quite at Mikhail Granlin's level, who's literally on pace for 82 points on the season. One one point a game. Uh, Jason Spez has obviously got his value here and there, <clears throat> but generally speaking, even John Klingberg, yep, he's missed several games. That's not helped. He's only been in 16 games, but the 13 points... Certainly a, a point producer. Tyler Pitlick, again, son of Lance Pitlick, a former gopher, and many NHL teams like the Ottawa Senators and such. Yeah, Tyler Pitlick, not a very productive guy at the NHL level, unfortunately, but it is what it is. He's, he's not a bad player or anything, but not productive offensively. Uh, Radulov, who was a nice story last year for the Dallas Stars, same this year, more than a point a game. He's missed 10 games on the season already, though, as the rusty Radulov. Um, Valuable player, again, started his career late because, well, it just is what it is. He was in Europe for a long, long, long time. And, well, he's a productive player for the Dallas Stars. But after Rudd Love, it's a pretty significant drop-off where you drop into the teens and all that in total points for the season. Dallas Stars, top-heavy, decent goaltending. I think the Wild come out of this one 3-2. to two. I like the Wild's chances over the Dallas Stars, believe it or not. At least in XL Energy Center. I, the, the, uh, again, this is another team where we play very poorly <clears throat> in Dallas, but we play well here. It just kind of is what it is. It's history. It's a fact. And the Wild need to do something about this uh, home record as well. Let's let's get it back up again. As the Wild have already lost six regulation games this season at home, they lost six regulation games all season last year in XL Energy Center. So let's keep it at that number, not let it get any higher for the time being anyway. I don't think we're going to stay away from regulation losses from Christmas on, but that would be great if that was possible. That'd be pretty legendary. I think the Wilds' chances of making the playoffs would be pretty high. In fact, the Wilds' chance of winning the Stanley Cup would be sky high at that point. But the teams always find a way to miraculously play different in the playoffs, don't they? Always. But, uh, I can hear some noise in the background. I don't know what that is. It sounds like a freaking tank is coming here. Yeah. Well... What am I talking about? I think Minnesota wins 3-2. to two, Fairly lower scoring game. I think the Wild find a way to get the job done against the Penguins. Maybe even 3-1, to one, but nah. Nah, we're going to give up two goals. It might even be a 4-3 to three game where the Wild actually have a little bit of a breakout. Though a little two-game winning streak to end the season. To end the, uh, the year 2018. I think the Wild end the year 2018 on a positive note. But generally speaking, again, 
uh, I don't know, man. Not long-term predictions, long-term projections. I'm not are not looking so hot for Minnesota right now. I'm not feeling so hot about this team right now, long-term. But a, a three to two, four to four to three type of win over Dallas, the most likely guy for Minnesota to score in the game. Let's go with Mikhail Granlin. He's been racking up the assists, not so much the goals of late, but I think he finds a way to get one past Ben Bishop. Who knows? Maybe Anton Kudobin will be in that, the former Minnesota Wild, very short-term goaltender. He had a nice little start to his career with Minnesota, then he went to Boston and this and that, and he's still in the NHL, and he's he's hung in there nicely, the short little guy. Uh, had a nice little career as a backup goalie, and good, good on him. But Minnesota will win against Dallas. Most likely guy to score, Mikhail Granlin. Let's look at the prospects. And this segment will be a bit shorter as well because, well, the college players all on Christmas break, so it kind of is what it is. Christmas break, winter break, I call it Christmas break. Call it whatever you want. I'll just stick with the, with uh, what I do. You can call it winter break, too. We will start with Iowa, though, of course, like we normally do. <clears throat> going to analyze a bit deeper in this one, a teeny bit. Mason Shaw, he's really struggled. The points and all that, uh, he started the season amazing. About a point a game, even more than a point a game. Awesome start to his... Uh, AHL career, he had three points in his second game way back on October 7th, and it was like a point here, point there, two points here, two points there, mostly assists, but pretty much ever since the 26th of November, which I think is a very important date, because that was Sam Anas' last game, Sam Anas' last game anyway, uh, with a broken hand for the Iowa Wild, he has not played since that day, and Mason Shaw, since the 26th of November, he's played in every game. He has one point, and that was on the 12th of December. So Mason Shaw really, really, really in a drought. And, uh, boy, um, a lo- the loss of Sam Anas definitely uh, rearranged the roster, this and that, the lines, and it has not helped the Iowa Wild. They've been giving up a lot more goals as well. As uh, uh, Again, the loss of Mr. Uh, Andrew Hammond for an extended period has not helped either. Iowa definitely wants Andrew Hammond back between the pipes. And it's not because Kapo Kalkinen sucks, but because, well, it's good to have that little plateau going between those two. C.J. Mott, not really an AHL goalie. He's more of an <clears throat> ECHL goalie, though I think he's holding his own fairly nicely, believe it or not. He's, he's a little under three goals a game, but save percentage of right about 90. Not so great. Uh, Kapo Kalkinen has definitely been feeling it <clears throat> the past several games here after an amazing start because, again, I don't think he's starting goalie material at this point. He should be a backup for Iowa. I do think he's the goalie of the future for the Minnesota Wild, but it's going to take time. Kapo Kukkanen maybe should be in and out like more of a platoon, I think, with Andrew Hammond. Not even a backup, but a platoon with Andrew Hammond, though, at this point. No Andrew Hammond, and that's not helped at all. Uh, Carson susie has been kind of sneaking in a couple points of late. He's up to nine now. He added another assist in the most recent game. Louis Belpedio's up to eight. And I think he should actually be on the Minnesota Wild roster right now. Maybe Ryan Murphy, but I like Louis Belpedio better. He's more sound defensively, and I think offensively, Louis Belpedio has more skill long-term than uh, does Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy has the points here and there. But he's just hes just not that good. His defense isn't that good. He doesn't stand out at all when he comes up to the NHL level. And I've not really been impressed with uh, Mr. <clears throat> Ryan Murphy, despite a couple of solid games here and there last season with Minnesota. But generally speaking, if there is a right shot defense and I want called up to help replace Dumba for the time being, I want it to be Louis Belpedio if I'm the general manager of Minnesota. Uh, Justin Kloos, again, missed several games this year. But his point production is starting to climb up very gradually. He's at 14 points in the 22 games. Again, he's missed several, unfortunately. Uh, Sam Honest had been catching up before that broken hand after a very slow start. And it's quite unfortunate to see him uh, drop off. Dmitry Sokolov did get an assist in the most recent game, which seems like a month ago. My God, I don't like the uh, Iowa Wild schedule. It's like they play only two games a week. It's ridiculous. Uh, Brendan Mendel keeps uh, keeps kind of trickling along. Little assists here and there, here and there, here and there. No goals on the season, but 11 assists for Brendan Mendel. That's another guy who's a right shot. I wouldn't mind getting a call up at some point, but I'll take my chance with Louis Belpedio. I mean, he's, what, 22 years old, so it's not like he's 18. I think he's a guy that deserves a crack to play uh, a couple games at the NHL roster, or the NHL level, and get his feet wet some more. He played in one game last year, and he managed to get two assists against San Jose at the end of the season last year. That was fun. Final game of the regular season. Two assists. I don't even know how it happened, but it was funny. Mostly, he was like, a, well, this is the second assist on both of them, but it still counts. It still counts. Hey, man, pick him up and uh, in, enjoy. <clears throat> Might as well. I mean, obviously, he helped the play develop, moving the puck forward, and that's uh, what Louis Bopedio is more than capable of doing. 
and he can score a little teeny bit. His defense is very sound for the Chicago, Illinois native. I like Louis Belpedo an awful lot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Spurgeon got traded. And if he did, there it is. Louis Belpedio for sure. And then maybe Brennan Mendel at some point in the not-too-distant future. Only 21 years old out of Woodbury, Minnesota. What a nice, nice story Brennan Mendel has been. By the way, who a very important notable for Brennan Mendel. He's a plus nine in the season, as is Louis Belpedio. Both of them plus nine, despite Iowa not playing so well of late. Uh, only Jerry Fitzgerald and Gerald Mayhew, the, Jerry, the, the Jerry's basically, <laughs> have higher plus minuses on Iowa. Uh, Fitzgerald at plus 12 and Mayhew, who's a popular guy, plus 10 for Iowa. Career minor leaguers, they're in their mid-20s. They're not that old yet, so there's still a chance for them, honestly. I mean, you, you can't just write them off necessarily, 24, 25 years old, respectively. Um, still a chance. Of course, Justin Kloos, also 24 years old. I think he has a chance to be a fourth-line center in the NHL, just like, uh, you know, just, just like Fair. Why not? So, <laughs> nothing wrong with having Fair. Like Eric Fear. that's what uh, Justin Kloos can be. Definitely a much smaller guy, but still brings value to Minnesota as a fourth-line center at some point if uh, that's the direction things are going, and maybe the Wild do uh, look to rebuild after all, and Justin Clues will definitely be on the Minnesota Wild roster if that's the case. <laughs> will Biden finally added his third point of the season as well from Iowa. Thus far, the young guy acquired in the Gustav Olofsson trade at the end of the day. So that's going to be pretty much it. I'm not going to go crazy here. I'm mostly looking at Iowa collegiate, this and that. I mean, collegiate right now, again, they're in their Christmas break, so they're not going to have a game until like the 28th, the Gophers and such, and the others. 28th, the the weekend after Christmas here, coming up. So, two shows away, unfortunately. (laughs) Kind of is what it is there. I mean, oh well. You know, I mean, at least the Iowa Wild will play some games in between now and then, even though most of these teams are going to have an extended break. Will the Wild make a trade anytime super soon? Probably not. The trade freeze is on for a little while here during the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, the short, the actual, like, right on top of Christmas season, we could call it. And then off we go into uh, trade territory again as we head to February. It's going to be extremely interesting with the Wild. There may be one or two of these guys in Iowa will be traded as well. Uh, Mr. Pavel Jennings was traded a few weeks back for this big, giant defenseman. There he is, Stefan Fal- <laughs> Falkowski, he was a seventh-round pick by the Calgary Flames. Ultimately, was with the Kings, though, at the end of the day. He's played in only one game for the AHL's Iowa Wild since, unfortunately. He's mostly been in the ECHL thus far. Uh, he's been scratched a few games, played in the AHL a little bit. I'm surprised he hasn't been on the uh, Allen Americans yet, but he was on the an Ontario Reign last year. That was with the uh, um, Los Angeles Kings. So far this year, the Manchester Monarchs of the ECHL. I'm confused. Wouldn't he be with uh, Allen? So, I don't know what's going on with Folkowski. Mm, I'm not sure. From uh, Belarus. Belarus. Hmm. Big guy, though. Six foot seven, left shot. Six foot seven, two, two, four. 224 pounds. Beast of a guy. Um, point producer in the OHL, I suppose. 32 points. That's not bad. And then in the ECHL... The Andriac Thunder. <laughs> the Adrian Dak Thunder, pardon me. 32 points for them as well. And then the Ontario Reign last season, only 7 points. And 6 points for the Monarchs, the Manchester Monarchs of the ECHL. So, I'm not sure what's going on with this guy. He's again with Iowa one game. He managed to get a penalty in the game. That's about it so far. Belarus, the Belarus native. So, God bless him. We'll see what happens. Again, Pavel Jennings, the, the Czech Republic guy. Moved on, unfortunately. Uh, sad news for uh, Pavel Burnett and Merrick Skyba, both Czech Republic guys, my friends here. And, and as we cover the Wild MNW players, they co- they have that website. They cover the Wild players from the top, the NHL, all the way down to the AHL. I want to thank you guys very much for having MNW players. Big shout out to you and making me an admin on that page. Though we've been pretty quiet of late. I apologize to you with the busy schedules, this and that. It just kind of is what it is. They've been going to school and all that, and I've been kind of in and out. Ugh, my schedule's weird, too. I want to encourage you to join the uh, Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Do give that a follow. Thank you, Vince Germano, for retweeting the show. You're an awesome guy out of Australia. Always, God bless you. More of a hoops guy, but does follow this show as well. And thank you very much. Shout out to Benny Allen, also out of Australia. 
thank you again for being a good friend and, and uh, keeping up with his team. Uh, Chad Walski, Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, Minnesota Wild Hardcore, Chance Costick, David Costick, and many others on that page. God bless all of you. Thank you. I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays as well to the rest of you that may or may not celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa out there as well. Thank you and God bless all of you for being a part of this show over the course of time. Please tell your friends. Would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Again, please follow facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. The Facebook page at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. The phone lines 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Same route if you want to click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page. All you have to have is some type of internet connection, your phone or your laptop, whatever the heck it is. It goes to the same phone line, does the same thing. Unfortunately, it's a three-minute limit for that voicemail, but it's not bad. It works out nicely. It goes to Dylan Richardson, who then sends it to me. And I think the best route of all is the audio submission route. Use the free voice recording application on your smart device or whatever it is. Or you could even use Audacity on your laptop or desktop with a microphone if you want to go that direction. Save it and email it to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description for copy and paste or click on the link, whatever you want to do. would be greatly appreciated. And uh, again, tell your friends about the show. Write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could or Google Podcasts if it's available on there, I believe. If that's the way you, uh, that's the route you use, please write a positive rating about the show if you could. be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much in advance. Again, God bless all of you. Uh, have a safe and happy Christmas. We will talk to you very soon, and after Christmas already, if you can believe that. I can't even believe it, as we'll be playing the Penguins again <laughs> coming up. And, of course, the uh, who's coming up before that? Chicago Blackhawks. Yep, Chicago Blackhawks, Winnipeg Jets, and Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be previewing those games on the next show, and hopefully a 2-0 two, hopefully a record this week, but I'm sticking with 1-1, one one, unfortunately. Talk to you soon, and enjoy. 